Greetings, friends and family. Hi, I'm Dr. Vincent Moore. I'm the senior pastor of Messiah Full Gospel Bible Fellowship here in Los Angeles, California. God, during this pandemic, has tasked us with the uh, assignment of producing videos that give insights and helpful tips about the Word of God. Specifically, we're trying to expose to you concepts or principles right throughout scriptures that give you a grasp on where God is coming from and exactly what it is that God is trying to say and ask of us. Um, we've been dealing with uh, the concept of um, what to do from scripture in a crisis. And I need you to know that in every crisis, God seeks to empower us above the crisis by developing himself in us. He seeks to empower us above the crisis by developing himself in us. We're blessed to be with you today and we thank God for you. Uh, we woke up today and we're breathing and the Bible teaches us that that everything that has his breath uh, praise ye the Lord. So we are uh, ecstatic and we are uh, hopeful. Amen. In what we know that God has the ability and the power to be able to do. Uh, you know that God has tasked us with creating a series of videos uh, that give insights and helpful tips uh, into the Word of God. It is our desire to bring out right the concepts and the principles behind the Word that allow you to be able to see into what God is doing and what He is asking of you. You know, the Bible says, uh, woe to the day when the child becomes king. Woe to the day when the child becomes king. The idea here is that a child doesn't have the character, the nature or the maturity necessary to be able to run uh, much of anything, right? So that every child must be taught. If you look with me uh, in the book of Galatians, in the book of Galatians, in the third chapter, verse 29, the Bible says, and if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That is, you and I are heirs uh, with Christ to God for everything that God has. But when you're an heir to a king, there is some training that you must go through. In the fourth chapter of Galatians at verse one, the Bible says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord or owner of all. He says, but as, uh, but is under tutors and governors, right? Uh, until the time appointed of the father, even so when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So we all are the sons of God through Jesus Christ. Verse six says, but because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out of father. Now this is deep because God is saying that he recognizes you as a son and he sent forth his spirit to be in your heart, to recognize uh, God as Abba, as the word daddy, as Abba father. It's a, it's a personal word of endearment. So God wants us to see him as daddy. He says in verse seven, wherefore art uh, thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So God has some things for us. God has some things for us that he is trying to develop in us. God has some things for us that he is trying to develop in us. And I need you to know that God uses crises to develop these things in us. In fact, in every crisis, God seeks to empower us above the crisis, get this, by developing himself in us. 
That is, in every crisis, God seeks to empower us above the crisis so that the crisis is under our feet, but he seeks to do this by developing himself in us. Now, to receive God's power after Adam's sin in the garden, we must receive God's character and nature first. To receive God's power, right? To receive God's power, a fallen man must first receive God's character and or his nature first. Now, there's a principle behind this. When you look at the book of Genesis in the first chapter in verse 26, the Bible says, and God said, let us make man, right? He's talking about mankind, male and female. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and then let them have dominion. So within the context of things, right? The idea of image comes before dominion. The word image deals with God's nature, his character, and the word dominion deals with God's power. So before you can get power, you've got to get God's character. God's character is the prerequisite that is necessary to be able to receive his power. Now, as we develop or manifest God's character and nature, uh, his power follows. As we develop God's character and nature, then his power automatically follows, right? So through the concept of glory, and we started talking about this last week, through the concept of glory, God is manifesting himself in us. Through the concept of glory, God is manifesting himself in us. So what is glory? Glory is the true essence of a thing. Glory is the true essence of a thing. So God made us to display his true essence to others. Glory is also the full expression of a thing's nature and attributes. Glory is also the full expression of a thing's nature and its attributes. God made us to be his glory. He made us to be his glory. So he made us to display or to put on display the full expression of his nature, his character, and his attributes. Now, his attributes are going to be something that we begin to deal with a little later on, uh, not in this particular teaching. So glory then is the character and the attributes of God put on display through his creation. Glory is the character and the attributes of God put on display through his creation. God's glory shows the world what he's like. Now, Again, my name is Dr. Vincent Moore. I'm here in Los Angeles at Messiah Full Gospel Bible Fellowship. If you're enjoying these teachings, if they are helping you in any way, please hit the subscribe button and hit the like button. Um, we'd love for you to be able to take that a step further because in order to produce these videos, uh, we need your assistance. So if you go to uh, messiahfullgospel.com, right, our current website, there's a donation page. If you would hit that donation and help us in the delivery of this word, and we're trying to give a deep word, if you would help us in the delivery of this word, I pray that God would bless you and God would keep you as we seek to be able to raise the um, the intelligent quotient of all those who are in the word of God. Now, getting back to this word, I need you to know that a king's glory, a king's glory is what we're supposed to meet before we meet the king. A king's glory is what we're supposed to meet before we meet the king. I remember listening to um, Obama when he was president and he, was, um, he uh, got invited to receive an award. He got invited to uh, England and uh, to receive a award from the queen. 
and I remember he was talking about stepping up to and then into uh, the palace of the queen and how when he walked into the door, how all the gifts that had been given them, how all the gold and the diamonds and the paintings all just popped out at him and he felt like he was in a place of majesty. That was the glory of the queen hitting him before he even met the queen. This is kind of what God is trying to be about. Again, in the book of Isaiah, uh, in Isaiah 43, 7, when Isaiah was saying that God made us to be his glory, he was saying that God chose us to display or to manifest who he was or is to the world. Now, I need you to know that, that uh, how can I say this? To God, nothing is more important than his glory. To God, nothing is more important to his glory. In fact, glory is the foundational component, right, in God's overall plan. Glory is a foundational component to the plan of God as it relates to what he's trying to do in the natural realm. Glory, uh, or God's glory, uh, is in everything that God created. So God created everything with glory. God created everything with glory. Now, to deal with that, I want you to go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians. I'm in 1 Corinthians. I'm in the 15th chapter. I'm at verse 39. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm in verse 39. Now the Bible says here, he says, all flesh is not the same flesh. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another of fish, uh, another of beasts, uh, and another of birds, right? Verse 40 says, there are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. Now, the word terrestrial deals with things on the earth. The word celestial deals with things that are not on the earth. The Bible goes on to say, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. The idea here is that the terrestrial bodies, anything on the earth, and the celestial bodies, the things that are not on the earth, were all made to give God glory. The Bible says in verse 41, there is one glory of the sun, right? We're talking about celestial things and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. And uh, for one star differ from another star in glory. Now, the idea here and what we're trying to communicate to you is that everything God made has its own unique glory that God put in the thing to reflect his glory. I'm going to say that one more time. I don't want to confuse you too much, but everything God made has its own unique glory that God put in the thing to reflect God's glory. If I could say it another way, let's look at it this, this way. God is a creator or an artist, and everything he makes reflects uh, some part or aspect of himself or his character or his nature. In other words, God's glory speaks to us of who God is. If you look at the um, book of Proverbs, it's the book of Proverbs, the sixth chapter, verse six, the Bible tells us to study the ant. It tells us to study uh, the ant. Why? Because the ant exposes an aspect of who God is. 
when you study the ant, you get to see the order of operation of God along with the structure and the discipline that God has to maintain that structure and order. This is what the ant reveals to us because of what God put in the ant in respect to his nature. So the ant then is reflecting a one piece of God's glory or one aspect of who God is. So glory is the nature of God residing in every created thing. Glory is the nature of God residing in every created thing. Glory uh, is the thing's hidden identity or hidden reality. The glory in the thing is its hidden, because glory is hidden, is its hidden reality, which holds the full essence and the potential of what the thing is supposed to be and do. So glory is the hidden reality that holds the full essence and potential of what a thing is supposed to be and do. So everything's identity is found in its glory. Everything's identity, including you, is found in its glory. God's original plan was that every creature by becoming everything it was created to be would manifest its own unique glory and by so doing reveal God's glory. The glory of a bird, I'm trying to get you to understand this, the glory of a bird is to fly. So when a bird is flying, it is putting on display its creator. When you see a bird flying, it is showing you some aspect of God and what God can do, right? This is why it's important for you when you're trying to get in touch with God and, 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 and tune into the spiritual realm that you sometimes leave the house, right? And get outside into the nature that God had created and let it begin to help you to glorify God and let God speak to you through these things so that you can be positioned in your right mind to be in contact with God, right? Now, I want to take this thing, but I don't want to drop it too deep on you, right? Because again, God's original plan was for everything to display his glory, right? So again, the glory of the bird is to fly. And when a bird is flying, it is putting on display its creator, right? The bird uh, revealing is revealing God through what God has put in it to be and do. The bird is revealing God through what God put in it to be and do. So when a bird flies, it is glorifying God because it is revealing some aspect of who it is. Now, it's important here to note that all creation displays God's glory. All creation displays God's glory, but it is only man that was made in the image and the likeness of God. Right. So no bird was made in God's image. No fish was made in God's image. So as the glory of the bird is to fly and the glory of the fish is to swim. So the glory of man is to be like God. Now, the question that we want to deal with then is how is God's glory manifested in us? How is God's glory manifested in us now? When it comes to glory, God seeks to explain how his glory is manifested through the concept of a seed, through the concept of a seed. Now, when we accept Christ, right, through a confession of faith, when we accept Christ in our lives, 
we receive God's seed at the same time. When we accept Christ in our lives, we receive God's seed at the same time. If you go with me to 1 Peter, I'm in 1 Peter, the first chapter, I'm in verse 23. I'm in 1 Peter, the first chapter, uh, verse 23. The Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So the Bible says that we are born again, not of a corruptible seed. Now, the reference here to a corruptible seed is the seed of the natural or the seed of the man right here, one that uh, has an end to it. But an incorruptible seed is a reference to the seed from God. The Bible says this seed uh, is the one that liveth and abideth forever. So God is birthing us through a seed. The word seed here is the word spora. And it's a word that actually means parentage. That is, God is giving us a seed through which he is birthing us, but in the seed is what's in God. So God is sending to us through a seed what's in him, so that when we receive the seed, what gets birthed in us is actually him. So God is birthing himself in us through a seed. In fact, Luke 8 verse 11, which is a passage of scripture, from the parable of the uh, of the sower, right, says that the seed is the word of God. So the seed, the Bible says in Luke 8, verse 11, is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. But when we take that idea, the word being the seed, and we go over to the gospel according to John, the gospel according to John in the first chapter, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Right now, when we drop down to verse 14 in that same first chapter of the Gospel of John, the Bible says, and the word became or put on flesh and, and we beheld his glory. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So the seed is the word. The seed is the word and the word is Jesus Christ and the word is Jesus Christ. And Jesus here uh, is full of glory and he's giving himself to us as a seed. Jesus here is full of glory, the Bible says. So Jesus is full of something. And what he's full of is the glory of God. And Jesus is offering himself here to us as a seed. In fact, if you look with me in the 12th chapter of the gospel according to John, I'm in the 12th chapter of the gospel according to John, I'm at verse 23. Now I'm reading from the NIV because it makes it just a little bit clearer. In the NIV, the Bible says here, and we're talking about Jesus as a seed. He says, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. He says, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Now he's talking about his death. He says, verse 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. He says, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. So if you can get the idea, a grain of wheat, as long as it's attached to the stalk, a grain of wheat, as long as it's attached to the stalk, then it's still alive. But there's something inside that grain that would allow it to reproduce after its own kind. There's something inside that grain that would allow it to reproduce 
after its own kind, but it cannot reproduce unless the grain falls from the stalk that keeps it alive and then hits the ground. So that before the seed can reproduce what's in it, the seed must first die. So the Bible is teaching us here that through the death of Jesus, the opportunity for what's in him to be in us is made available so that uh, what's in Christ, that is glory, would be made available to us. Look at me in the Gospel of John. I'm in the 17th chapter. I'm at verse 22, John 17, verse 22. Now, if you got a good Bible, this is in red letters and Jesus is speaking. Now, look what Jesus says in the 22nd verse of the uh, 17th chapter of the Gospel according to John. He says, and the glory and the glory which thou gavest me. Now he's talking to the Father. He says, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. He says, the glory which thou has given me, I have given it to them that they may be one, the Bible says, even as we are one. So Jesus then has become the seed through which God is reproducing his glory in us. Jesus has become the seed through which God is reproducing his glory in us. Christ is the seed of God's glory in us, right? The Bible says I'm crucified with Christ in Galatians uh, 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ and nevertheless I live, but not I that live, but Christ, the glory of God that lives in me. Now, I need to take a moment here and I need to speak into your spirit a few ideas here or a few thoughts about seed, a few thoughts about seed. Number one is this, who you are is wrapped up in God's seed in you. Who you truly are, your true self, your authentic self is wrapped up in God's seed that's inside of you. And this is important to grasp because after Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden of Eden, we changed, we lost the image, we lost the glory of God. The Bible says in Psalms 51, somewhere around verse five, the Bible says that you and I are born into sin. That is, we're born apart from the knowledge of who God is and who we are in him. And we are shaped, the Bible says, in iniquity. The concept of iniquity simply means to be out of order. So we're born apart from knowing who we are and even knowing who God is to us. Uh, and we are shaped in iniquity. We are constantly being uh, conformed to being out of the order that God originally made us to be in so that we aren't born in touch with our authentic and true selves, but that we must find ourselves uh, through what God is doing. And God's glory is the key to the discovery of our identity. Now, I also want to say this about a seed, that the value of a seed, the value of a seed is not in what it is. The value of a seed is not in what it is, but in what it can become. The value of a seed is not in what it is, but in what it could become. Now, if I had, um, if, if I had, uh, if this was an apple seed, right? If this was an apple seed, then uh, potentially uh, inside this seed is an apple. What's valuable or more valuable than the seed is the apple that the seed produces. I need you to understand that the value of a seed is not in uh, uh, what the seed is, 
but in what the seed can become. The same holds true for you. Your value may not be in what you are right now, but I'm here to tell you that you're in a seed form and growth is what you've been ordained to do. And if you ever release what God put in you to be and do, you'll discover yourself, but you'll also discover all that goes along with it. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but God really wants to bless you if you can grasp this. Now listen, the glory of a seed is in its potential so that every seed has in it something that's bigger than the seed. Every seed has in it something that's bigger than the seed. So the glory of the seed is potential, right? So in every apple seed, there's potentially an apple tree. <laughs> so what's in the seed, even though the seed is small, it produces something that dwarfs it. What's in you is potentially bigger than anything that you've ever been or done before. Who you are is wrapped up in the seed that God has put in you. Here's another thing I want you to uh, grasp about a seed. Your future prosperity, your future prosperity is wrapped up in the potential of your seed. Your future prosperity, your future prosperity, your prosperity in your relationships, your prosperity in your health, your prosperity in your finances are all wrapped up in the seed all wrapped up in the seed. It is your uh, maturing the seed. It's your maturing the seed that brings all these things that God has already planned to you. Let me give you another uh, insight into uh, the seed. Oh, let me say this, right? With your potential being in the seed, then your future is not ahead of you. Your future is within you with your potential being in the seed of God that is in you then your future is not ahead of you. Your future is within you. Now, don't be fooled by the size of a seed. Never be fooled by the size of a seed because in every seed, potentially there's an orchard. So inside, if this was an apple seed, then if inside this apple seed, right, there's a tree with apples, with seed, that could make another tree with apples and seed, that could make another tree with apples and seed, that could make another tree with apples and seed, that could make another tree with apples and seed. So inside this one seed potentially is an orchard. Inside this one seed potentially is an orchard. The Bible says that God can do exceedingly abundantly above that all that you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. My brothers and sisters, I have not seen or ear heard what the Lord has prepared for them that love him. God has something for you, and it is so awesome that it will blow your mind. One more uh, thing I want to give you about a seed is that ignorance, ignorance is the only force that can stop your seed from producing. Ignorance is the only source, force that can stop your seed from producing. In the eighth chapter, uh, 22nd verse of the uh, book of Genesis, one of the things that God makes known is that the program for the growth of a seed 
as long as the earth remains, will always be here. So the Bible says seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, right? As long as the earth remains, they will remain also. So your opportunity to produce seed can't be tampered with by the devil. It can't be tampered with by another group of people. It can't be tampered with by anybody. It can only be stopped by your ignorance. It can only be stopped by your ignorance. So knowledge is key. The Bible says the people perish for lack of knowledge. It is what you know about what God is doing to you and through you that is going to begin to make the difference in the quality of the life that you live. And then lastly, I want to say this about seed. The goal of seed, the goal of seed is to produce fruit. The goal of seed is to produce fruit. Now, in closing, I want you to go with me to the 15th chapter of the gospel according to John. I'm in the 15th chapter of the gospel according to John. And I want you to look with me at verse eight. I want you to look with me at verse eight. I'm in the gospel of John in the 15th chapter in verse eight. I want to say it's been a pleasure uh, being here with you and uh, going down this road of glory. And I pray that you are receiving what we're talking about. I want you to listen to these um, uh, these tapes that we're making over and over again so that you push this uh, information down into your spirit, man. And trust me, as it has made a difference in my life, it will make a difference in yours. In the 15th chapter of the uh, 15th chapter of the gospel, according to John, in verse eight, the Bible says, and again, this is in red letters. If you got a good Bible, this is in red letters. And whenever there are red letters in your Bible, it means Jesus is speaking. The Bible says here in this is my father glorified. Now, Jesus is telling you what glorifies the father. He says in this is my father glorified that you, that's you and me, that you bear much fruit so shall you be my disciples. So Jesus is saying here, right, again, that the goal of seed is to produce fruit, and it is the production of fruit that glorifies God. It is the production of fruit that glorifies God. In fact, when you accept Christ in your life, the intermingling of your spirit uh, with the spirit of God produces fruit. It produces fruit. Right. In Galatians five, verse 22, there are nine fruit of the spirit. There are nine fruit of the spirit that start with love, joy and peace. Right. These nine fruit of the spirit in Galatians five, verse 22, are God's nature or character traits in you in seed form. They're God's nature or his character traits in you in seed form. God wants you to know what they are. So go to Galatians five, verse 22 and check them out. Now, I've got a split here because my time is short. So I want you to jump to uh, John again in the Gospel of John 15 chapter. And I want you to go with me to verse one, because I need you to see how important glory is to God. I need you to see how important it is that God needs you to bear fruit because the fruit that you bear is unto his exposing. Uh, of his nature and his attributes. God wants you to bear fruit because the fruit that you bear exposes God to the world. Now, in, in uh, John, the 15th chapter in verse one, uh, the Bible says, I am the vine. Now this is the, uh, uh, Jesus speaking. He says, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser or the husbandman. He says in verse two, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, 
he taketh it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, what I want you to see here is that the thing that pisses God off the most now isn't necessarily your sin, but it is your unproductivity, right, in the development of his nature in you. God, uh, uh, Jesus is saying that God is glorified through us bearing much fruit. God is saying that if you don't bear fruit, right, then he's going to, or men are going to take you, if you look with me here, uh, 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 in, uh, in, in verse, um, in verse six, he said, if a man abide in me and is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now he's talking about individuals who don't bear fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. Now let's close this thing in verse 15. I'm in, uh, 15th chapter of the gospel of John. I'm in verse 15. Excuse me for rushing a little bit here. The Bible says, henceforth, I call you not servants. Uh, Jesus is saying again, red letters. He says, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. Now listen to me. You are not the servant of God. You are not the servant of God. We're the servants of one another and the children of God. We are the servants of one another and the children of God. Again, Jesus said, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. So Jesus is saying here, you're not my servant, you're my friend. He says, I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. So servants don't get the full extent of the knowledge of God, only the friends or the children of God. Right now, verse 16 is where I really wanted to go. Verse 16 says, you have not chosen me. So Jesus saying, you didn't choose me. I chose you, right? He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Now the word ordained here means empowered. He says, I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that you should go and bring forth fruit. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about you glorifying God. He says, and that your fruit should remain. Now, why am I here? Because the rest of this scripture, just like uh, verse, uh, uh, the beginning verses of the 15th chapter, speak here as to God's intent about this glory. It speaks to uh, the position of God in respect to you bearing fruit that glorifies God. Look what God says. God says you are ordained to bear fruit and that if you bear fruit, your fruit will remain that whatever you ask the father, Jesus said, in my name, he give it to you. God is saying whatever you want, if you bear fruit, you got a blank check. God is saying whatever you look at this, my friend, look at this. God is saying I've ordained you to bear fruit. Jesus said the father is glorified in you bearing much fruit. The father says that your fruit is going to remain and that if you bear fruit, that whatever you ask the father in Jesus name, the father would give it to you. My brothers and sisters, I hope this has you as excited as it has me. I have tried this and God has blessed my socks off. I seek every day to try to capture a little bit more of his glory and to reveal it. And we're going to talk about that the next time we get together. 
Again, I hope you've enjoyed this message. We've enjoyed the opportunity to begin to be able to share with you. If you've enjoyed this message, please hit that subscribe button or hit that like button so that others can get it too. And if you're so inclined, go to our website at www.messiahfullgospel.com and hit the donate page and help us to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ throughout all the world. May you all be blessed. May God continue to bless you and to keep you. May he protect you and may his love shine down upon you. God bless your heart, saints. I'll see you next time.